Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hey everyone, I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. We're excited to bring you another in our series of interviews with top leaders in health IT. And today we're here with two special guests. We have Pete Wheeler, he's SVP, Group Lead, Healthcare and Insurance Payments at KeyBank, and Jeff Gill, he's Healthcare Go-To-Market Lead for Zup Payments. Welcome, guys. Thanks, John. Glad to be here. Yeah, so excited to dive into this. I think uh, COVID really brought payments to the forefront because all these organizations were like, how are we going to survive? We, cash flow matters a lot more. And I think that's going to be important going forward. So I'm excited to dive into that topic today. But before we go there, uh, Jeff, why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit about Zup and also KeyBank. Zup, Zup actually came out of a consulting company um, just a month or two right before COVID started. Uh, so it was a great time to, to start our company. Um, but we were able to grow from there. We started working with KeyBank uh, in the early part of 2000 as Key was starting to reimagine their payments uh, and embedded banking more broadly. Uh, and then as we worked together, great relationship, we realized um, that the combination of a, of a nimble fintech that is really trying to digitize and take friction out of the payments space um, combined with a 200-year-old bank like KeyBank that is very forward-looking, has a strong heritage in healthcare, uh, really made a good combination. And that's when the two of us uh, decided to, um, to come together and, and tackle, the, tackle, these, um, tackle the market together. It's amazing you started during COVID. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess you know, it's like someone said at the beginning, if you have the right surfboard, waves are great, right? Pete, what would you add? Yeah, yeah John, I would say, um, you know, as, as Jeff mentioned, 200-year-old bank, um, you know, about five or six years ago, we started launching into this kind of idea of how do we take the, you know, the strength of, of our business and bring in some of the new technology and new capabilities that our clients are looking for. And that really is how our kind of fintech strategy was born. And, you know, we've had a number of different types of relationships with companies where we bought into them um, so that we have access to their, to their board of directors and some access to the way that they, you know, plan going forward. In the case of Zup, we decided, hey, let's just go ahead and, and acquire the company because they fit so well into what we're trying to do. So, you know, we try to take kind of this combination of new and old, um, you know, we, we like to be able to tell our clients, you've got the strength of our company, very large balance sheet, highly regulated. So we have to make sure that the, the partners that we work with are, are very strong and very capable. And we bring that along with, you know, all of the great stuff that you see these new fintechs coming up with on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, it is amazing. 200 year old company. It's hard to process, I think, for most of us, right. but it is stability, right? And you've worked mm -hmm. with lots of healthcare organizations. So, you know, Pete, what, what are some of the pain points you, you see or maybe that you're hearing about in the healthcare industry that are kind of unique to healthcare or at least a, a big challenge to healthcare organizations? Well, you know, John, I see. Um, you know, healthcare, first of all, I think everybody that's listening to this probably realizes a very unique uh, ecosystem in the way that it operates, especially when you look at the payment side. 
you know, how many different how many industries are there out there that could have two, three, four different people responsible for making a payment for one particular activity. So, you know, so that adds a lot of complexity. And if you add to that just the continued change in the way insurance programs have have developed over the last, say, 10 to 15 years, um, we've all talked about the shift of um, responsibility more to patients. You see more and more healthcare providers relying on patients for, you know, a larger and larger portion of their revenue stream. So, you know, that creates a unique scenario where, you know, you've got to be able to create some capabilities and some um, and really drive like a better patient experience. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we see out there today is, you know, you've got companies that have been operating a certain way for a very long period of time. Um, you know, a lot of the larger hospital systems are, you know, not for profit. And, you know, there's now this real drive to change the way that they that they operate and to be able to effectively collect money from their patients, but also create a patient experience that everybody's accustomed to. You know, we all have a certain, uh, you know, digital approach to things today, even old people like me that are, you know, expecting a certain digital experience. And when we don't have that experience, you know, we're disappointed. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a combination of revamping the way you approach your patient, creating a better patient experience and doing all that so that you can be more effective in collecting money, number one, but also attracting patients, right? There's a lot more competition in the industry today. And, you know, if you don't have a great patient experience, uh, you run the risk of running your patients off and sending them off to a competitive hospital system or a competitive imaging center, or, you know, you, you name the subspecialty. That, that, that's a reality in the industry today. Yeah, Jeff, what would you add? Yeah, I, I think Pete touched on it really well. And to add to that, I think just the pure economics around the customer payment is really painful for the provider. You've got the growth of self-pay as uh, you'll see in any, you go into some providers, depending upon size, 10 to 40% of their, their receivables or their revenues coming from the patient, um, which is, you know, leaps and bounds bigger than it was a decade or two decades ago. Um, and then on the, the, the other end, um, the, on the refund side, which is often overlooked in the industry, but refunds to patients for overpayment um, is also a pain point for a lot of providers. You'll see anywhere uh, it costs a provider anywhere from five to ten dollars to make a, a refund via check to a patient. Uh, and sometimes these refunds might be for five or ten dollars, a very small refund. So uh, most of that is is in the administrative burden. Most most of that cost, I should say, is in the administrative burden and the labor cost associated with just uh, monitoring that check, uh, monitoring that refund, seeing if the check is cleared. If it hasn't cleared, what kind of uh, what kind of abandoned property um, issues might be at hand. So, so there, you've got a growth of self-pay, it's making it more difficult to collect that revenue in, in a lot of ways. And then on the back end, the, the kind of the adjudication administration of refunds is problematic. So the, the, the customer payments and the economics round is a real big pain point that we're seeing in the industry. Yeah. I think we're probably preaching to the choir here. Everyone's suffered through this, you know, and then they would be listening to this. So Jeff, what can you really do to address this challenge? What is Zup and Keybank doing to, you know, to work to address these challenges that they really are, you know, hard to tackle? Yeah. 
to, I think together we are KeyBank and, and ourselves are really trying to remove friction, as I said before, and digitize as much as we can. Um, and at the same time, we're trying to improve the economics for the provider um, and empowering healthcare IT companies to do that. So for example, an RCM company, um, we are, the easier it, it, it is for that healthcare IT company to onboard a provider um, that remove, remo removes friction. We have an onboarding platform that uh, is fully digital. So if you're a healthcare IT company and you want to bring on um, small providers or down market providers, uh, that, that in some cases would take two to four weeks, uh, depending upon the services that you're trying to deploy. It's really cumbersome for the provider a lot of times to pull the paperwork together and have the staff to, to comply and, and um, sign up with that healthcare IT provider. Our platform removes a lot of that friction for both sides. And in some cases, that onboarding experience could take a day, no paperwork. We use a lot of sort of um, big data, um, a lot of pre-filled forms and things of that kind to, to make that experience uh, quite seamless. So that's that's an example of how we're trying to just reduce friction in the, in the marketplace. Another way we're trying to do that um, is just to improve, as I said, the economics for the providers. And so healthcare IT companies have a great opportunity to bring more services to bear through their platforms for, uh, for providers. And you know, uh, I mentioned refunds earlier. Uh, we have a refunds platform that um, takes checks, tries to take checks uh, out, of the, out of the hands of the providers. Uh, and tries to digitize that experience. So uh, it allows the patient to choose how they want to be paid. It could be a check. It could be a return to debit. It could be PayPal. It could be uh, real-time payments. So it, it improves the, the customer experience, but also takes that costly check process out of the provider's, uh, the provider's hands. Um, so that improves their economics. That's, that could be embedded right into a healthcare IT platform thereby helping it's a win-win for both the, the IT platform as well as the provider. And lastly, I'll say that we have a vision of, of growing our embedded banking services. So uh, that goes from embedded payments, but we're also thinking about embedded lending right into the practices. So you could, uh, you could possibly, um, an IT company in, within their platform can embed a, a loan program to the practice for an equipment purchase or even for patient patient payments and patient financing. So start really starting to look at the the IT platform as a as a banking platform, um, making it easier for the healthcare IT company to serve their clients, and also making it easier for the providers, the practitioners, to run their business. Pete, do you have anything to, to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say there's two two critical things that I see, um, you know, in terms of how we approach things. Number one, as I mentioned earlier. Um, there's a lot of great fintechs out there. Uh, the question is, do you want to have, uh, you know, your a, a key part of your business reliant on a company that may or may not be as well vetted as you as you should have it vetted? I mean, that adds a lot of risk into your process. You know, for us, being able to go through that risk uh, evaluation, um, you know, banks are held to an incredibly high standard for any partnerships that they enter into. So, um, you know, we are going to go through. And trust me, I've seen it, and there, there's a number of fintechs we work with that would definitely agree with this. It's a pretty grueling process to make sure that you are, you know, up to snuff and can and can and can work with us. So I think, you know, that's one critical thing. The other thing is, 
always keeping an eye out for what new ideas are out there. I mean, there's a lot of different things floating around in the industry. A lot of people have some great ideas um, in understanding what the newer problems that, that our you know, clients, the healthcare providers out there are running into. I would tell you, I probably have at least two calls a week with different companies that are trying different things in the industry. Um, you know, there are some are disruptors trying to do something totally kind of off the wall. Others have found a very small niche area that they're trying to kind of go after and fix. So it's a lot of great solutions out there. You know, I think the big question for a provider is how do you manage all of that stuff in, a, in, a, in one way so that you're not you know, just so spread thin um, in, in trying to deal with all these different partners that it makes it almost impossible to manage them. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that innovation, right? Uh, when you look at healthcare payments, uh, you know, it's amazing. We're still accepting checks, let's be honest, right? Like, mm -hmm. You know, but you look at that and you talk to a lot of them. Is healthcare behind when it comes to payments, Pete? I, I don't know that I would say it's behind. I mean, I can tell you having worked with other industries before, um, you know, everybody does, you know, does things. Checks are still out there. They're always out there. People still have cash, yeah. right? People will pay in cash. It's interesting, you know, speaking of that, um, just recently, you know, we've talked to a couple of providers that we work with now that have basically said, we're not going to accept cash anymore, for example. So, you know, there, there are things that are moving in that direction, um, you know, and a lot of it depends on the type of provider you are. Uh, you know, we talked to a client of ours in a, in a particular industry last week, for example. Uh, you know, I, I want to say 92% of their receivables is coming in through credit card. So it's not, I don't feel like it's a behind thing. I think it's just a matter of getting the right technology in the right place in a way that you can manage it, manage it effectively. Um, you know, if you're a large not-for-profit hospital systems, you know, you might have 60, 70, 80, 100 points of service that you're dealing with. That's really complicated. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that now you're getting into Walmart range, right, in terms of being able to deal with that. So you've got to have a really effective way of, of dealing with that, putting, putting the right tools in place uh, to be able to manage things like that. Or you might be, um, you know, uh, a radiology, you know, company that works across 15 different states where you try, you're trying to, you know, you're operating more like, again, like a retailer in some cases than you are a medical uh, processing company or a medical provider, at least from a payments perspective. And I've seen a lot of really good, um, you know, capabilities put out there. There's a lot of great, you know, tools out in the market to manage this. So I don't think it's necessarily that it's be, that, that um, healthcare is behind. I think it's more of a, hey, let's look at ways that we can adopt capabilities and, 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 and features and functionality that, that others have successfully used in similar types of scenarios like what, what you see today in healthcare. Yeah, no, do they just not know about them? I mean, that's a problem with a lot of IT solutions that we write about at Healthcare IT Today is that the solution's there, but the organization's so mired in the operational minutia of their lives that they just don't know there's better options. They're too busy to discover them. Jeff, uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, th I think you're right. I think th there's, as Pete touched upon, there's the, the use cases in healthcare are as varied and as you'll find in any industry. And so I think it's really important to meet, to meet the practitioners where they are. Um, and for us, um, as we go to market, uh, oftentimes through healthcare IT uh, software platforms, it's meeting the 
the software platform where they are. Uh, they're on their journeys too. And so when we look at, at payments and setting up those healthcare IT uh, platforms for payments, um, we have we have the ability to to fit a bunch of different uh, a bunch of different models depending upon where they are and what they know. Uh, so on one end, they may just want to uh, be a referral partner to us um, for their providers um, and bring a provider to us um, to for, so we can be their their payment processor, their payment partner. Um, but then as the as the the IT platform wants to mature or to the extent that they want to mature even, uh, then they can start to look to embed payments more in their platform. And as you do that, uh, you have the ability to, to sort of quote unquote monetize payments. And that's, I think, a great opportunity for a lot of healthcare IT platforms to do. Um, so you're starting to, the payment experience that a customer may see um, is actually right within the, the healthcare platform. Um, and then you could start to even move as, as the appetite and or the maturity moves, uh, you could even extend into payment facilitation where the healthcare platform owns the entire, uh, really the entire payments experience with the provider, uh, when they get paid, how, how they get paid, how much they get paid. Um, and that has the even you know, greater opportunity for, for revenue generation for the, the healthcare IT platform. So. Yeah, as I said, the, the use cases are varied, um, and we like to we like to start with where that where that um, platform is in their journey and meet them where they are, and uh, and see you know what what their appetite is and what their journey is, and we can we can uh, meet their needs across that whole spectrum. Yeah. So as I think about it, you know, there's a lot of healthcare organizations they're taking these payments. And you know, I, I think about them, and they're probably happy <laughs> with their current provider, right? They they collect payments, they get paid, and they're like, okay, that's good enough, right? So I, I think many, you know, this actually kind of reminds me of fax. A lot of people think their fax infrastructure is good; they get the faxes, whatever, they're fine. Turns out there's a lot of different fax experiences, deliverability, etc. So how is it in the payment space for someone who might be happy? What what are some like differentiating next level type of payment partner function features that people may not realize is out there? Pete, maybe you can start. Yeah, John, I think, you know, there's a couple of things, you know, first of all, I think it's important to never kind of sit on your laurels when it comes to this, you know, technology is changing so quickly and consumer slash patient expectations are changing so quickly that you, you have to kind of have your head on a swivel and, and, and always be looking for, you know, opportunities to improve. You know, I think the, the you know, in, in my experience, you know, I've seen some places that are really good at that and are, are always forward thinking and are always looking for the latest capability to improve that experience. I've seen others that don't want to have anything to do with making those changes. <laughs> and, and a um, lot rely on their vendor, right? It, like, it, and if the vendor's not doing it, then they're up a creek. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think there's a couple things. Number one, you know, have good people you can talk to and rely on, you know, whether it's your banker, your, you know, your banker should be able to provide you that type of insight, or it's a consultant that you hire, or, but you always want to be talking to somebody that can provide those insights to you, you know, and then I think if you start to, um, you know, take a look at what you're doing today, 
and start to recognize there's some better ways to do things. I mean, a great example, you know, if you ask somebody 10 years ago about storing somebody's credit card on file and billing them after their claim is filed, they would have called you crazy. And they called me crazy because I brought that stuff up in the past. Uh -huh. um, now, now it's becoming pretty mainstream and everybody, people, and it's not just that, you know, hospital systems have realized or providers realize that they need to do that. Consumers expect that as well. So, you know, I, I think to be happy with your current provider is to maybe not look out to what the next capability is out there that could help drive a better collection rate for you and a better experience for your patients. So, um, you know, I would say, as I mentioned, talk to people who you trust that are keeping an eye on what's going on in the market. You know, I, I would hope that you trust your banker, there'd be a good person to talk to. Um, and I think you'll get some really good insights and in where, where you can go and where you can take your uh, technology and, and really take it to the next level. Jeff, what would you add? I mean, you already highlighted the one day onboarding versus weeks, which I think is that that's that's a great one. A any others you add? Yeah, I, th I think if, if you're a healthcare IT platform out there and you want to start to embed payments or embed banking more broadly into your your software, you can do it um, in a lot of different ways. Uh, what you, what we find in the marketplace is that the, uh, a lot of that a lot of companies have to uh, cobble together different solutions. Um, and um, really what um, that makes it a little bit harder for the providers to deal with. It makes it a lot harder for the, for the IT platforms to, to manage as well. And that's really, you know, payments and banking are not really their core business. So uh, they shouldn't be really worried about cobbling together, orchestrating uh, different providers um, to, to bring those embedded payments embedded banking solutions and so what we offer is a simple solution it's it's one tech stack it's one bank it's one processor um, that is uh, immensely compliant uh, as Pete mentioned earlier um, we uh, the, the compliance structure of KeyBank is is uh, resolute uh, and 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 we're also fast to market and nimble. And so it's a, it's a, uh, it's a simplicity, I would say, to bring those, those solutions into your healthcare IT um, platform just with one, with one partner. And uh, I don't think that really exists anywhere else in the market. Yeah. Product managers love one uh, neck to ring, right? Uh, one integration <laughs> to manage uh, integrations yeah. that are challenging. And so that, that makes a lot of sense. Jeff, what, what would you add? What's on the horizon for this space? What should we what are we watching for? What are you guys keeping an eye on? Yeah, I, I just think when you look at, at what's happened over the past couple of years, um, COVID has been one of the most cataclysmic, uh, tectonic, um, cultural events, uh, you know, in the last several generations. And, and as Pete mentioned, the the consumer behaviors and expectations have completely, completely accelerated. I think checks were uh, 30, 40% of, um, or I'm sorry, about 60% uh, of healthcare patient payments before COVID. Now they're down to the 30 or 40%, just in, just in the stretch of three to four years. That kind of change uh, and the and the consumer expectations that are that are kind of going along with those changes in behavior are really are really kind of 
setting up a different paradigm for what consumers expect. They, they expect, you know, if they can, if they have a pizza tracker that's telling them uh, where their pizza delivery is in stages, um, but they can't get any visibility into their claim or their claim payments, and the, um, then then that's a you know that's that's a tension that's going to be solved somehow. Uh, and then the other on the other side, I talked to, I talked earlier about the patient economics uh, for the for the providers, and you know if you if you're a, if you're a provider with a due bill, you're expected uh, you can expect to only get about twenty cents on the dollar across the industry from um, from that payment. So. When you look at all the sort of on both sides of the consumer behavior expectations around payments and visibility into their claim and the providers real, you know, the economics of, of patient payments, I just think it's ripe for um, it's ripe for, for new entrants and um, and really revolutionary thinking. Um, I'm not sure what the answers are because these are really big problems. But I just think there's it's a rubber band that's almost pulling in two different directions, and there's a lot of there's a lot of tension sort of in there, and a lot of opportunity for folks who can solve it. Well, the solution's Bitcoin, right? I'm just kidding. Always the right. Just uh, crumple the rubber band up and throw it all away. I yeah, guess. That, that's yeah. A, that's another rubber rubber band for another day. But yeah. Pete, what would you add? What, what's on the horizon in your view? I think there's two key things here. First of all, um, you know, I, I think there's going to be this kind of fight between kind of incrementalism versus disruption. And I mean, we see some of it now. The, the capabilities that are out there today largely have been around for the last probably 10, 15 years. And I think some of the things that we see are just these kind of incremental improvements in those capabilities. You know, and, and that'll continue. But then we've also seen some really interesting, you know, disruption models out there that in some cases, for example, take the hospital system or the healthcare provider completely out of the collection process for the patient. And they wrap it all into, say, the insurance side of things. You know, that would dramatically change the world because now, you know, if you're a, if you're a healthcare provider and you're no longer responsible for collecting money from the patient, it's all coming from one source. Well, you've just vastly simplified the process. So I think it's going to be a real question of whether some of these disruptive models can really make some progress um, and, and, and really kind of just completely change the game in terms of the way this works. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, the ones that I'm aware of are just getting started right now and haven't built enough scale to really you know, prove one way or the other. I think the other big change is, you know, a lot of the a lot of the payment capabilities in the past have been driven by fintechs and kind of kind of secondary providers. I think the EMR, big EMR system manufacturers have recognized that. And you know, we're, you're starting to see them add some of these capabilities into their mm -hmm. native systems. And you know, let's face it, if you're doing all of your patient accounting within a specific system and you can stay in there to do your collection process, you know, that's a better experience, probably a more efficient experience for you than if you're, you know, working with another vendor over here who's got to integrate into the system, you've got to manage that integration. So, so I do see that kind of as something that's been going on. It's been going on for a couple of years, but it feels like it's picking up a little momentum there and, and you're starting to see a lot of these systems you know, start to entertain pulling payments into, into their native application. 
Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of organizations that want everything in their EMR, their EHR. Right. So absolutely, you know, for them, they, they're going to embrace it wholeheartedly. It is interesting what you said though. And it was kind of touched on earlier as well. Someone's going to fill this hole. <laughs> and, and, and so if you're a telehealth company or other health IT company providing a service that creates a beautiful, seamless payment experience for the patient, and you know, if you're a health system competing with that, that's a problem for you as a health system. And it's an advantage for you as a startup health IT company. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It's something that we all need to be aware of, you know, whether you're on the health system side that says, hey, I need to shore up my patient experience and when it comes to payments and processing, or whether it's a startup saying, how do I differentiate myself from the health system? Uh, that They're definitely gonna fill that hole, so. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I was just, just going to say, I've seen some surveys, patient surveys recently that suggest that patients are are willing, if they know that one provider is has a better payments experience than another, all else being equal, then that that is starting to factor in to the into customers' decision making. Um, yep. And so, I, I had not seen that sort of prominency of payments in, in consumers' choice and behavior and choice, but it seems to be creeping up uh, and it's just indicating the importance and of their changing expectations. And like you said, it's, it's ripe for disruption. Yes. yes. Well, and the challenge is that I, as a consumer, can't evaluate the quality of care I'm receiving but I can evaluate my patient payment experience right? <laughs> and I'm going to evaluate it against my retail. And so that's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much, guys. This was a great conversation. It was fun to dive into payments and what's happening with them and also new opportunities on, on, on that front. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcasting application. Thanks so much, guys. John, thanks so much. Appreciate it.